The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. The not so trifling matter of Ireland's economic forecast. So the business group IBEC have downgraded their forecast for domestic demand from close to 4% to 3%. Uh, for uh, the year. Danny McCoy, the CEO of IBEC, is with me in studio. Uh, Danny, you're welcome to the show. Why the downgrade? Well, even since we uh, spoke last, Kieran, the global central banks have realised that they have a bigger task to do and they're actively trying to bring the global economy into recession. And people might think that's a strange thing to be doing. But you're really trading off two bad things here. Um, Inflation is really eroding on your living standards. So, you know, if, if you have a 10% inflation rate and it's persistent, you know, 10% every year, you mm. will half your living standards in seven years. You know, it's really virulent. And there's some, like there's, there's member states in the EU, like the Netherlands, are up around 16.5% inflation at the moment. Like if that wasn't brought under control, their living standards would half in three years or whatever, you know? So, yeah. So it does sound strange that you've got these agents that are public servants who are actively trying to bring the world economy into a recession. But that's where we're at at the moment. It's the lesser of two evils. It is the lesser of two it? evils, yeah. Uh, well, how will that ma- recession manifest itself globally and then in Ireland? Well, Ireland is often different, uh, as we know, because unlike other the societies... The economic rules stop at the Irish Sea, is that yeah, what they yeah. used to say? That's right, stop at Hollyhead. <laughs> um, but the... You know, the, the the feature here is we know we've got this great momentum because of what's happened over the last decade. We see that in the corporate tax returns. We see the public finances really strong. The labour market here is really strong as well, notwithstanding what you mentioned about the job losses in the tech companies. It's now becoming much more apparent. Um, so there's momentum in Ireland. So while my colleagues are saying we're unlikely to see recession technically in mm. terms of actual falls in GDP and domestic demand, it is slowing down really dramatically in many parts of the economy right now. And sometimes that's because you can't get the workers, just can't fulfill the demand, might be there, but you can't actually supply it. But in time, some demand will start to go down as well. And that's what the central banks are trying to do, kill off demand. There's way too much demand in the world at the moment for everything. So the the likely path of this over the next couple of years for Ireland is what? Is, is very low levels of economic growth, low, low single figures, but persistent high inflation? Yeah, I think inflation, I think, can get back under control reasonably quickly. Okay. How's Um, what's reasonably quickly? Well, I think 2024 probably. So 2023, I think it'll be a difficult year as central banks grapple with trying to bring it back into line. And the really strange thing globally is labour markets are tight everywhere unemployment rate is really low in every jurisdiction, including Britain, which is in recession. Yes. Um, The numbers might not have captured it yet in terms of outright falls. But, you know, I think the inflation versus stagnation, we need to get the inflation under control first and then get the economy back going again. So it's a a fairly, you know, unpleasant picture. (laughs) But that's needed to be done. There is a sense, and uh, I know we're looking at TV screens here, the Governor of the Central Bank of England uh, talking about their interest rate hike today. They're up to 3%, uh, 0.75 percentage points today, the increase. Now, they've flagged that that's likely to be the end of it, but they're at the beginning of what they say is going to be a two-year recession. That's what they're predicting. I mean, 
what is your prognosis for how the ECB deals with this? I mean, are there going to be many more interest rate hikes from Brussels or will it be the English approach? There might be one or two more and then this is going to be a period of let that embed and bring down... Yes, those inflationary so different figures. economies can be in different places. Uh, Britain is probably the worst situation of anything big in the world at the moment. They've got their own Brexit problems, actually. Mm. Uh, it's, be- you know, it's becoming revealed now the things we talked about is very obvious. They've got a different kind of recession. And the reason why the central bank, the Bank of England in, in Britain, mightn't go further at interest rate rises is the recession's going to take care of the inflation itself. The interest rates don't need I to see, go any yeah. further. Uh, in Europe, I think we might see more interest rate rises. If we had our own independent central bank for Ireland, mm. we'd probably have way higher interest rates now than we're going to experience from the ECB. And that may make it longer before we get a correction in the Irish story. So I think the Irish economy will grow the next couple of years, but low growth. It sounds like a good thing and, you know, it is a good thing. Mm. But we mightn't get the correction we really need because we're beginning to start to lose our competitiveness because productivity is not matched by the wage increases that are in the economy at the moment. People are chasing higher prices. It doesn't mean they're making more stuff. Will the correction come more quickly for other European economies? Yes, it will. Um, And I think that's something you need to watch out for. They'll become more competitive than we will. So our danger zone is probably in about four to five years' time. That that you will have other... European economies who have returned to a cycle of economic growth, we're not there yet. And and that's where capital moves, is it? So their, their labour markets will reset faster than ours okay. to reflect reality. Okay. Yeah, we've got uh, lots of savings in our economy and people will be able to keep their demand up for a lot longer than their circumstances from the labour market justifies. Okay, well, actually, just on that, I mean, we we are in a much more, like, when I say we, I mean this in terms of Irish households. We are in a much more robust place than we were dealing with economic uncertainty 10 years ago. Is that fair? Oh, yeah, like light and day. You know, we were overborrowed the last time. This time, we're not overborrowed at all. We've got the opposite. Cash balances are really significant. So what will then be, uh, the same question I asked you, but more kind of uh, on the micro rather than macro scale, what will be the manifestation of all of this t- for households over the coming two, three, four years? Well, I think what you start to see is companies who are kind of startups, pre-revenue, great ideas, you know, generally young people. Mm. When the cost of capital was zero, it was easy to borrow money. He didn't have to pay back anything. It was zero. The cost of capital is now beginning to start to rocket up. They won't be able to afford to pay back any debt they have. You start to see people get laid off in those kind of nascent uh, businesses. Unemployment will start to rise. Mm. Existing businesses probably have the cash balances and the reputation and the revenue to see this through. And so it'll be a really bad scenario if they start to go down as well. There's creative destruction here. It's not a nice thing when you're experiencing it, but like Mm. markets work by... If you don't have an idea that's currently generating revenue, it's kind of the market's way of saying, you you know, you, your idea isn't at the right time in the right place. And to what extent were these kind of recessionary clouds on the horizon pre-COVID or are they a symptom of COVID and things like quantitative easing and all of that money that was printed? Well, if, if you um, take away the uh, Russian invasion into Ukraine, which a lot of people are focusing on for the high energy costs, and yeah. that obviously gives you a headline rate for inflation that's quite dramatic, like 10%. If that didn't happen in February, yeah, this would still be happening because the central banks put too much money into the global patient and left that money in there for too long. 
and the price signals went kind of crazy. The labour market went crazy. You saw people getting wages that could not be justified by their productivity. But because the companies had the money and they were competing in a tight labour market, they just paid it to get that labour in. Now when the tide turns, that, that labour gets shed, gets you know unemployed, mm. and productivity doesn't go down because it wasn't actually there to start with. So this is a symptom of COVID? I... I yeah, COVID was a reason, but quantitative easing has been going on the last decade. Okay, when yeah. We, when we hit COVID, interest rates were already zero. Yeah. And then they had to react, and they thought they were reacting for a few weeks to keep us in our homes, but they've actually left the money in there for about two years. In terms of the decisions we can make here, uh, policymakers in Leinster House or the Central Bank or, or anywhere else, to what extent are we passengers on a ship or do we have our hand on the teller to any great degree? Well, there's things we can't control. So we can't control the exchange rate nor the interest rate. So monetary policy is not for our changing. But what we can do is fiscal policy, budgetary policy and incomes policy. And I think that in the incomes policy, which is wage developments, wages can't match the headline rate of inflation. Mm. If anybody tries to put in a 10% wage increase, ultimately you're putting your job at risk and the company at risk. Um, the core inflation which is stripping out the kind of volatility of the high energy costs, which the government is trying to address and giving us more money, mm. probably ineffectively. You know, they're giving 600 euros per household. So on average, it's 600 euros. But we also know, on average, Irish households have 75,000 on deposit in the banking system. So you're giving mm. people of 75,600. Doesn't make much sense. There's non-targeting of the intervention. But if we can get our incomes policy connected to our productivity, this won't be damaging in the long run. If we don't get that right, this could be very damaging in the long run. Are, are you confident we can get that? Yeah, I'm very right. confident we can do. Yeah. You know, to acknowledge the problem to start with is half the battle. And I think we have with the trade unions and the government through the Labour Employer Economic Forum Social Partnership or yeah. Social Dialogue, we've already started to identify where there could be some of the inroads into this. So I'm hopeful. Confidence is probably the next phase of my okay. optimism uh, that we can do it. Well, the next time we speak, you might have reached that phase, the confidence phase. I hope so. Uh, Danny, pleasure as always. Thanks a million for joining us. Danny McCoy, the CEO of IVEC. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.